0: Hello, friends. Welcome to Heidi's Colorful Colorado. I'm your host, Heidi Ginal, a wife, mom of four, CU Regent, and the founder of Camp Bow Wow and The She Factor. With a passion for keeping the spirit of our state alive and well, I started this podcast to bring the people of Colorado together to celebrate the amazing state we call home. Come along on this journey with me as I travel across our old country roads in my vintage RV, interviewing folks that embody the true spirit of the Rocky Mountains. From the Front Range to the Mile High City to the Wild West of Southern Colorado, we'll celebrate the history, beauty, and Coloradans that make this place the colorful state it is. Each week, you'll meet people trailblazing the way for an even more colorful future for us all, making a huge difference along the way. Are you ready for a Rocky Mountain ride? Let's do this, Colorado. Welcome, everyone,
1: to Heidi's Colorful Colorado. Today, we have a really interesting guest and someone who knows a lot about Colorado and what's been going on behind the scenes. Wendy, I'm really excited to have you and talk with you today. Welcome to Heidi's Colorful Colorado.
2: It's quite a pleasure. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, nice to meet you.
1: Wendy, I'd like you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background because it's fascinating. You've done so many things and exactly what you're up to right now. I didn't even know how to announce or to introduce you because you have so many hats on with what you're up to right now.
2: <laughs> I know. I don't know if that's a blessing or a confusing curse, but uh, since, since a little girl in Mississippi, uh, I have always had a lot going on, meaning a lot of interest, a lot of passions, and I had a unique ability and have a unique ability to execute a lot of things at the same time. In other words, sometimes I get overwhelmed, but usually I don't. So think of me first as an entrepreneur. And when I use the word, I talk both small business bootstrapped entrepreneur, as well as venture backed high growth entrepreneur. So here's a cool one cool fact about me is I've done both. And the interesting thing is the only time I really had a, Interesting financial outcome is when I was a small business owner and leveraged the capital of my own self and my founders Mm -hmm. rather than the capital from a bank or from a venture capitalist. So um, I I say that because entrepreneurs are risk takers. Mm -hmm. Entrepreneurs um, think through the lens of a hypothesis. Uh, uh, Entrepreneurs think about leverage. They think about risk and moving quickly. They don't get caught up in perfection. So all those definitions of entrepreneur, uh, uh, definitions around entrepreneurs represent me. So that's first thing as an entrepreneur. Secondly, um, I late in life, of course, I worked for some big companies early, but that's just because I had to get my professional training. You know, so in other words, I didn't start right out of university as an entrepreneur. I wasn't that kind of entrepreneur. I worked for very large companies, one big financial services company, one big CPG company. And I got my professional training there because I'm from Mississippi. I need I had some rough edges that needed to be cleaned up, polished up. And so I'm thankful for that, too. But at 29, I knew that was not the world for me. And that's why I jumped into the world of entrepreneurship. So just, you know, so so that's kind of a good way to describe me. Now, late in life, this is kind of the most exciting thing. So, yeah, all good. Silicon Valley. Yay. Owned my own business. Made money off that. Yay. Traveled the world. All that's awesome. The most exciting time in my life is when I learned to be a community leader. And this plays into what I do now for our beautiful state, because I know we're going to talk about that. So at my 60th birthday in San Francisco, I'd been there a decade, and I had been working in the venture-backed entrepreneurial world. Mm fixing broken, uh, repairing, I should say, broken startups, investing in big ideas, and a range of activities that I was really good at serving on boards, right? Because I was in a different phase because I didn't have to have a normal paycheck, but I wanted to keep my mind in gear and I wanted to learn more about technology in the adventure-backed world. So then I fell in love with a startup. It's kind of like falling in love with the man. Sometimes it doesn't work out. In this case, I invested a lot of money and a lot of time in this startup just completely was, was smitten with the founders, the idea. It was the early stages of social media. And we just could not get that particular business to launch. I mean, it it had a lot of press appeal. We had a real product. We had real customers like Procter & Gamble and others, but it did not grow at the expectation level of the venture community, right? So we had to find a home, soft landing. We had to get it sold, so we did. When I finished that, I said, now what? You know?" And here is the biggest phase of my life, which brings me to Colorado, but first it took me to Ohio. I got recruited to run a public-private partnership in Ohio by the governor and by very large companies. I'd never done that in my whole life. Never. <laughs> I didn't even know what it was. I thought, I can't do that. I don't know what that is. They said, oh, we think you'd be really good at. It. Short story, long story short, I moved there for four years. I had knew no one there. I had the time of my life. I learned more than I had learned in years. I met lots of new people. I experienced a culture I really enjoyed called the Midwest. I'd never lived there. i would lived around the world, but never there. And we actually drove an innovation economy. So, So, and that included startups, small businesses, venture capital, large companies, and the connectivity through digital innovation. It was amazing. And I did that for four years. And then when the governor, when Governor Kasich timed out, so did I. And then I moved back here. So net-net, entrepreneur, community leader, public-private partnership person, which is a very unique kind of thing to do, to be honest. And then I serve on a bunch of boards, university boards, startup boards, corporate boards. But that's me in a nutshell. And I'm a lucky girl from the deep south who only had one aspiration, and that was to be independent. <laughs> and my independence took me to this portfolio of work.
1: Is that That's good? That's fantastic. Oh, my goodness. Uh, there's so many different directions we can go. First, I want to ask you, though, about Ohio. Did you learn how to make Buckeyes there, the peanut butter balls that you dip in chocolate? They're amazing. <laughs>
2: Do you know, I have zero culinary capability. Me
1: too. We're, we're
2: similar there. <laughs> but, but I had girlfriends that knew how to make those. And we had so many lovely parties on my the deck of my house over the Ohio River with those very special things. So I love I lived in Cincinnati, which is southwest Ohio. Um, but yes, I know about that particular uh, dessert.
1: <laughs> i dated a couple guys from ohio over the years and both of them taught me the ohio state fight song took me to the ohio state games had a it's blast I and mean, the midwest is amazing and it's um it's a lovely place yeah the community there they just have each other's backs it's just it's palpable and i love that it it. and the roller coasters. The know. roller coasters at cedar point are amazing <laughs> okay enough about ohio let's get to colorado Please bring us home. Bring us to Colorado. (laughs) Bring us home. You're doing some fantastic work in Colorado, helping us innovate into the future. Tell us what that looks like right now.
2: Yeah. So this entity that I'm the co-founder of, co-founder and CEO of Energize Colorado Mm -hmm. has been an amazing experience from scratch, March 23rd, it started, 2020.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: And the
2: high, At the <laughs> height of the pandemic, okay? Now, I won't go through the complete origin story. There's no time for that. But here's what we've learned. This is the most important thing, that our state, you may know this, but I did not. Our state is very, very, very dependent on the resilience of its small business sector, in particular, very small, 25 employees le- uh, or less. And these small businesses are the backbones of their communities, backbones. And so when this sector of a state's economy goes sideways because of a pandemic or any other business cycle, everyone freaks out. However, it's hard to manage because there's so many of them, right? There's 670,000 small businesses across the state of Colorado, There are 250,000 at 25 employees or less. Now, that's a lot to get your head around. So how do you begin to problem solve, meaning help them navigate through a set of crises and then stabilize so then they can drive a different level of growth and really think about resilience. Resilience is not a buzzword. Resilience is not just personal courage. It has to do with the kind of strategies a small business owner has to put in place to ensure when they build back, they're building back in a sturdier way than it was even before. So this is very important for our state to understand because you can't just hand out money And then hand to hand out a little expertise, a little mentorship and think, got it, ain't going to happen temporarily, (laughs) it might get better, but it's not going to get better. So we are working as a statewide network of volunteers. I'm a volunteer. We have 600 volunteers, about 100 that are actively engaged. So we do programs like digital readiness, helping very small businesses understand the role technology plays in growth and efficiency. And that's, again, I really understand that. And it doesn't have to be hard. This is not hard, right? This is a way of working. It is the way of driving growth. So that's an example of what we help with. We also do have funding, loans and grants. So that's also helpful. We surround those loans and grants with mentorship, also helpful, smart, experienced people providing small bits of advice free and coaching. We also do a child care accelerator to help child care providers get innovative. So imagine about 20 different projects, both internal and external facing, that we build and deliver through partners to support the resilience and the inclusivity of small businesses so we can really build back better. But it's hard work, right? It's Well, first of all, have you ever run a volunteer organization? This is hard work. (laughs)
1: that's harder than running any business
2: (laughs) because everyone wants to help Coloradans helping Coloradans. And we're grateful for that, but making sure they're plugged in to the thing that they have passion about. yeah? Yeah. And making sure that their expertise can be applied expeditiously. So progress can be made keeping all that going at the same time. Remember me, I can get a lot done. I'm not afraid of all that stuff moving around me, but it's still hard because you they don't work for you. These are people who are volunteering precious time. So Energize Colorado is a blessing to the state, if I say so myself. It's also a blessing to me. It is the silver lining of a very awkward and difficult 16 months. I am hopeful. I'm more than optimistic about our future. My note to self and to you and your listeners is that we were fragile before the pandemic, a lot more fragile than we would want to face up to. And that's pretty natural, right? Yes. I'm talking very small businesses, not big companies, not Western Union or DeVita or the very largest companies in our state. I'm talking baby companies but baby companies don't necessarily go say to everyone we're fragile because right. these are generational businesses, right? We talk about that at the kitchen table, like it's been a tough day or a tough month. We don't talk about that publicly. So it's been very interesting to kind of build a community in, in a time of crisis to help people be vulnerable and say out loud, it wasn't really that great before. Now it's really awful. But we are slowly coming back and now we have talent issues because of all the benefits, unemployment benefits and others. People are taking their time, selecting their next professional spot. You know, if you're a tradesman or if you're, you know, uh, an entrepreneur yourself, you're not just running back just because now you can. You've been in a cocoon and so you're being reflective about Where it is, you want to apply your craft, your time, you know. So it's a very, this is a, this feels funny right now. It feels like we've got money around us that we can access because of federal stimulus. It feels like we've got some programs that we can apply, but it's still, you know what? It's just a little awkward. That's how I describe it.
1: No, I I would agree with you. And I think, um, you know, my husband's a restaurant owner. I have several small businesses. I have one with my daughter and we've had to shift and pivot and just constantly be on the game about how to navigate the next issue that's coming at us. I like to tell young people, it's like a video game. You just never know
2: where it's going to come from. That's a great metaphor. It really is. It's like pinball. (laughs) Yes. It's like, it's going to go over here. Then it's going to go over there and you can't
1: lose your cool. (laughs) but you do lose your cool. You do lose your cool and you lose your energy and your patience and all those things. It's just been,
2: I think no, there's, there's no question. I have to, when you sit all day and zoom, like I do, I do 15, 12 to 15 a day. Oh my okay. God. That's my work. I'm a spirit warrior through zoom. <laughs> right. And that. But to do that, you have to wash it off at the end of the day. And that's one of the reasons I love Colorado because I can pop up Sanitas and kind of clear my head, right? Be in nature, which is both healing and revealing, Mm -hmm. two things, healing and revealing. And where else in the world can you do that, really? I mean, I lived in California for a decade. I've lived all over the world. I've lived in beautiful places, but Colorado was unique. its energy relative to work and play and what we can derive from both of those activities in this gorgeous place.
1: Yeah, Wendy, I agree. As I travel the state, interview folks in every corner of the state, there's a common theme. There's a common theme that people feel like Colorado has a special way of life, a special spirit about it, And I like to say it's individual, like rugged individualism. It's this can-do spirit. I love that. You do you, I'll do me, just let us be, kind of let us do our thing. And one of the things that's been frustrating, I think, through COVID is just all the regulations and rules and, you know, and I get it, it's for, to keep us healthy and safety and safe. But as small business owners, as entrepreneurs, that's not our, that's not our, in our DNA, right? Our DNA is rebellious and, and independent and you know, let us navigate things on our own. And I think it's been one of the biggest challenges is to get people with that kind of mentality to work in a community or collaboration and follow these uh, sometimes onerous rules and regs that really are hard for us to figure out how to be flexible and nimble. So tell me a little bit about, your involvement with Afrique and, the, and um, Papadia and the organization that's doing amazing yeah, work. I'm, I'm really here.
2: excited ab- ab- about a-, a new opportunity in working you know, with the African leadership group. It's pretty cool. So I met Papadia as part of Energize Colorado. He is a member of the GAP Fund's executive committee. Right? So he represents, of course, the immigrant community in uh, across the state, I would imagine, not just the front range. Mm-hmm. Um, and he participates uh, weekly on our Energized Colorado Gap Fund Executive Committee. It's a big responsibility, not just to represent his community itself, but to really help us figure out the right things to do with the mechanism that we offer, the capital we raise, the capital we're allocated. It's a very, very sophisticated capability. He's been there from almost day one. That's how I got to know him. Um, and then he I had the honor to have a one-on-one with him. So I'm the CEO of Energize Colorado, and I serve as a colleague of his on the executive committee of the GAP Fund. So those are They're kind of combined entities, but also they have a distinction because of the nature of what the Gap Fund does. So Papadia invited me to meet with him and one-on-one, and it was kind of that time. We were in a transition period, so we did. I got to know him better. I loved his story. His story was amazing. I was very tuned in and turned on by his own personal story. And then that's when he invited me to join this upcoming summit. So I'm serving on a panel and I'll get to meet, um, you know, the folks that come to that, to that summit, but it's, um, that's what, that's how I got to know him.
1: Well, and they're having some fantastic activities, including your panel in the coming weeks. And we're going to put the information on the website. And we did an interview oh, with Maria, oh, but just very blessed to be part of the conversation with you and Me with too. others around what they're up to. We need, Wrap us up by telling us the most Colorado thing you've ever done. Oh. <laughs> we can think of I mean, lots of stuff, but what's your favorite story?
2: Well, I, a couple of, one is I kind of referenced it early, but I live, I'm tucked in a little neighborhood in Boulder, right next to Sanitas, which is kind of the downtown <sighs> you know, hike mountain thingy. I mean, again, I'm not a professional cyclist or hiker or runner, any of that. I'm not really that athletic. I just love nature. So I um, almost every morning and and or almost every afternoon, I take my little mutt and we, sometimes we walk fast. Sometimes we think we're hiking when we're really not, but we go up that trail. That's very Colorado. Right.
1: Yes. And, we,
2: and I see my neighbors. So <laughs> instead of seeing my neighbors at the coffee shop in COVID, which you can't go to a coffee shop, we became, and we couldn't interact on the trail, but we'd see each other on the trail. You know, very Boulder, very Colorado to go on the trail. And the tr- it takes me five minutes to get to the trailhead. Like I'm there.
1: Oh, that's awesome. My
2: little puppy dog, who's cute as a bug, named Alfie. And then <laughs> it gives me, two opportunities. One, clear my head, be grateful for the great outdoors, and to hopefully at least see a neighbor from afar. And now more and more, more activity, I can see them up, up and close. And then I sit when I get at the top. And I just sit for, you know, five or 10 minutes, not long, long. And I just sit there and say, okay, let all the day wash off open up to the next part of the day, which is the evening. And that has kept me going. That's very Coloradan, right, to do.
1: I think that's very Coloradan. That's a that's a beautiful story. and beautiful. It's like the mindset of it, too, getting back to that Colorado spirit. Um, Wendy, thank you so much for being part of the podcast and sharing your stories and what your vision is for Colorado. I think we're on the same wavelength in a lot of ways. So I admire you and I appreciate you for all you do for our beautiful oh, state. You.
2: Likewise, Heidi, and thanks for including me. And let's make sure that we give a shout out uh, for this whole business summit that's coming out, you know, that's that's scheduled now that we're going to be a part of with the African Leadership Group. Um, Papa Dia has done great work, and it's very important for us to do our part to continue to uplift his small business community and all those a part of it because it is those particular immigrant small businesses that were hardest hit and continue to, you know, work hard to come back online. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited to know you and we'll talk soon.
0: Thank you for joining us today on Heidi's Colorful Colorado. If you enjoyed this conversation, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And definitely follow me on Instagram to keep up with my latest adventures. In the meantime, happy trails from me, Heidi Genall.